0: This is Mitch Perry, and you are listening to Thunder Underground.
1: Welcome to episode 261 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here, as always. And this week, we've got a good one, because we've got Mitch Perry joining us. We recorded this two, two and a half weeks ago. Did it over Skype and talked to Mitch about some cool stuff, so we're going to get into that here in a minute. Before we do, we need to let you know that we're sponsored by MedFarm and DEB Concerts. Med Farm, a dispensary located right here in Broken Air, Oklahoma at 24683 East Highway 51. Right now, during all the stuff that's going on with social distancing, you get on their Facebook page and you can find their phone number and text them. And when you text them, you can text your order straight to them and just drive up, go through their drive through, or pull in the parking lot, let them know you're there, and they'll bring it right out to you. I believe you can also still go in the store. They have a huge selection, so get in there and check them out or get on Leafly.com to check them out, the selection. Find them on Facebook at Medfarm, P-H-A-R-M. They're always running specials. One of the specials that's always running is if you let them know you heard about them here, mentioned Thunder Underground, I will give you 10% off your first order. You can also follow them on Instagram at MedfarmOK and their Facebook page is MedfarmOK.com. And on top of all that, their slogan's Cannabis with a Cause, because 30% of their proceeds is going to help build no-kill animal shelters, which is very cool, and they're well on their way to the first one, so we'll let you know as soon as that's up and going. Like we usually say, there's dispensaries around every corner, but most of those, a third of their profits aren't going to build no-kill animal shelters, so there's your reason to drive to this one. All right, DEB Concerts. As you all know, concerts are at a standstill, but we've got some stuff lined up this summer currently. It's still on the schedule, and we'll let you know if that stuff changes, but as of now, June 26th, Texas Hippie Coalition will be at the Ideal Ballroom with Poster Child and Sweatin' Bullets. Lynn Hernandez of KMOD will be hosting that. Then in July on the 11th, the New Metal Revival Tour will be coming to the Ideal Ballroom, which features saliva... Flaw, Edema, and Power Man 5000. And then July 13th, at the BOK Center, Poison will be headlining a show that will also feature Tom Kiefer of Cinderella and Sebastian Bach, of course, formerly of Skid Row. Which, that's a pretty badass lineup, and glad that DB got that one booked, because well, we've been talking about for over a year since they booked that Snoop Dogg one. Can't wait till they book a an arena rock show, right? You ain't gonna say anything?
2: Oh, I'm here. Okay, <laughs> I was just gonna see how long it took you for you. are like, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> I was thinking that, but I'm like, I, had, I just, I'm,
2: <laughs> I'm just, you know, quarantine start crazy. Thought I'd okay. fuck with you.
1: Okay, <laughs> I thought you're like, I
2: just don't even want to talk this episode.
1: Fuck him. Fuck it. Yeah. But devconcerts.com is where you can find all your info on ticket sales for all three of those shows. Hit them up. Huge thank you to DB Concerts for their continued support. And we'll, of course, let you know any new info comes on those shows or any future shows. All right, before we get into Mitch Perry, let's play some music. Let's do it. Torpedo Head is a name that you have undoubtedly heard us mention many times throughout the past two or three years. If you've listened to us at all. This band out of Germany is a three-piece Called, I mean, would you call it, I think they use that term punk and roll that our friends in Slumlord Radio use as well. I can see that. I think I've seen that on their descriptions as well. It's great, you know, kind of somewhere between punk and melodic hard rock. Just a great sound, a great style. And on top of all that, the vocalist and guitarist Space Brain will be on this podcast here in just a few days. The interview's been recorded. It was actually recorded the same day we recorded this Mitch Perry interview. And that'll be coming up later this week. So be on the lookout for that. But before then, this is their new single that just came out about a month ago. It's called Heartbleed. Clad From Torpedo Head, out of Germany, brand new song. Probably won't ramble on here too long because we're gonna be talking about him
2: here on the next episode, right? But I mean, if you like shit like Wild Hearts, Michael Monroe, uh, Backyard Babies, Backyard Babies, even even a little bit like Black Star Riders,
1: yeah, Social and, Distortion at yeah, times, so
2: Thin Lizzy-ish here and there. There you go. I mean, you, you, you can already know where it's going, so. Check everything out that these guys have put out.
1: Yeah. They've got a few albums out. Three full-length albums, actually. And then some other singles. And as you'll hear in our interview coming up this week, more stuff hopefully coming soon. So get on Facebook and follow Torpedo Head. Check them out. Tell them we sent you. Before we get into the Mitch Perry thing, I also want to let you know that for the past several weeks, I guess it's been, what, a month? I think we've done four now. Four or five. Losing track. Like everybody is of the days here. Yeah, no kidding. But Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Central on Facebook, we go live and just talk about whatever. Whatever this, like the one last week we talked about the Florida Frank episode. This week we'll probably be talking about the Mitch Perry episode. Yes. Whatever's current, whatever we've recorded recently, episodes, interviews coming up, music that's come out.
2: What else? Just random topics. Random stuff. I mean, yes, shows are at a standstill, and no one really knows what the fuck is going on. But at least we can kind of take solace in the fact that we all have our our catalogs and catalogs of music that we love. We always figure out something to talk about, something to talk about. Excuse me, and uh, and it, you know, at least for now, every Friday, some new stuff is coming out. Yeah, and there you know, there's always some of that stuff to talk about. There's a lot of bands doing live streams, live Q and As, live performances, uh, and we're kind of covering that. All the ones that we catch, our 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 amazing viewers that are watching are throwing out subjects, asking us questions. Um, You know, we're we're on there, uh, chilling, having some beers with a Thunder Underground koozie that we will send you for free if you send us like twenty bucks. So, I mean, it's just, it's just a fun time, so uh, check us out. We would love to have you. Yeah, 7 p.m.
1: Central this Thursday night, and all the other ones are old there, you know, on there. Yeah, Past ones yeah. if you're bored and want to hear its so arrival. Some more outside of this podcast. But yeah, so Mitch Perry, this guy has played with a plethora.
2: Well, really, who hasn't he played with? Right. Shadows Fall. Well, true.
1: But he probably could have took over for John, because this guy's
2: so versatile. He's an amazing player, even though he's not a thrash metal player. <laughs> well, and you know, my apologies to my detriment. We did this a couple of weeks ago, and it's not fresh in my mind. Oh, but you yeah. know, we know that he's gonna lead a Ford. He's played with Cher, Am I right?
1: Yeah. He took over for Randy Rhodes and Quiet Riot. That's right. That's We're talking right. Forty years ago now, he took over for Ingve Malmsteen and Steeler. Yes. He was in the Macaulay Shanker group, speaking of, we had on...
2: Yes, Rob Macaulay a few episodes back. Yeah. What a guy. Yeah.
1: And, you know, I mean, he was in a band with Michael Shanker, and he was doing leads, you know, so that's that's what this guy is, you know, and he's played with, more recent times, he played with Edgar Winter for most of the early 2000s, I think, and then he's played with uh, Asia, which he talks about in this podcast for a few years, and... I don't know, we saw him with, you You mentioned Lita Ford. Yeah. He was touring with her whenever she was on that Def Leppard Poison Tour. We got yes, that in we Oklahoma City. Yeah.
2: I mean, the guy can do, he can He can do anything. And uh, this was a great conversation.
1: Yeah. He's got, the band has a, a new album, Music Box, <clears throat> which he talks about in this interview, which is supposed to have been out here in early April when it's cut. You know, I think with all the crap going on and stuff closing down, kind of got behind on, you know, that's what a lot of bands have happened. You heard on our last week's episode, Hate Breed's album is supposed to come out in May and now it's definitely pushed back until shit gets going. So I think that's kind of what happened with Music Box, but as of when we're recording this, a few days before this is coming out, it's still not available online from what I can see. The first single Believe has been out a bit and they just put out the second single Wasted Time recently. So you can at least get on and check those out two ballads this album also features some some rock songs it's it's a great album you know we checked it out before we talked to him so i can't stress that enough that you know even if you're not familiar with the mitch perry group get yourself familiar right so let's just get into this and quit rambling about it here's mitch perry
0: Is it, how is it in Tulsa these days? you on the same uh, enforced lockdown?
1: Yeah. I mean, they're, we're on the shelter in place thing, and everything's so on lockdown until the 30th right now. Cool. I think it's kind of like hey. most places are beginning to get, I think.
2: Just a lot of Netflix and trying not to drink so much.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why would you stop drinking? Uh, <laughs> this is a time to practice. <laughs>
2: Good question. As I take a drink of my beer, sir. <laughs> nice point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice to know what kind of conversation we're going to have now. <laughs> right, right,
1: right. With everything that is going on, outside of the obvious thing, which is not being able to play live, like how has this affected you professionally?
0: I mean, how hasn't it? Yeah. Everything we do is stopped. I mean we can't tour we can't we can't even go and record together right now i mean you know one one of my big things i i, I love you know th- one of the uh, things we did on this record we recorded it live you know and i i sit here and go this is the only way to do it now it's like you well you, you, there is no way to do that now we've got to sit here and uh just figure out how to do what we can yeah,
2: it's kind of nuts. You know, right off the bat, that that brings up a good point. You know, uh, national crisis or not, um, doing it together live in the studio, or just at least being there, is, is so much better than you, you know emailing back and forth. Uh, I've always thought.
0: Oh, I I feel the same way. I mean, um, you know. Like I said, it's different situations call for different, you know, scenarios. And, and, and whereas before I go, you know, there's no point in recording tracks and sending them from one place to the next. The whole magic is the combination of musicians playing together. Now, I still stand by that. But... We can't do that right now, so I'm very thankful that we can do, you know, the alternatives, but I still don't believe that's the way to make optimum music. Having said that, with the enforced lockdown, there's a lot of really creative, great stuff that I see a lot of people doing, you know, in the confines of their own homes. So, you know, creativity will find a way to come out no matter, you know, what the circumstances
1: when you say you guys record this live did you record like the entire band live or was it just like each instrument was a one take type deal or what
0: yeah, yeah absolutely it was the entire band playing live. now do i mean it's a live album absolutely not uh what i mean is instead of going in and setting up the drums and recording the drums and not really worrying about the other instruments just worrying about getting a good drum track so we can add on top of that
2: we didn't do that
0: uh we rehearsed the songs so they sounded right live and played them the way we would have played them live um so the guitar the basic guitar that you hear on the track is what was playing with the drums at the time we recorded now did i overdub some extra guitars obviously yeah. There's a lot of stuff overdubbed onto it. But that original basic track is drums and bass and rhythm guitar and keyboard part played at the same time and recorded at the same time. And we add to that, not replace any of it.
1: You guys a couple of weeks ago released the single Believe, and lyrically, that kind of hits at the right moment to be released. Was that written very recently, or was it just the timing was right? Mm-hmm.
0: No, well, the song is pretty much, it's not really written about coronavirus, but Believe is a universal feeling, and the song was written to be that, that anyone could insert their personal situation into it and hear the chorus and go, man, this song was for me. Um, Having said that, sitting in the house on the first day of lockdown, Um, My wife and I are sitting here reflecting on how appropriate the uh, words and believe are for the situation we're all going through. So we got a hold of uh, our videographer. We knew that he had uh, filmed the song when we did the uh, shoot for the EPK. So we just put the video together, you know, or he did. um, And... We put the song out because we just thought it was so, you know, right for right now. And, you know, we wanted to use it to give people hope because that's basically what the song's for.
1: The full album, Music Box, was, i had seen in some press that it was coming out on April 6th. And I guess that's changed, right? It got pushed back.
0: Yeah, well, it's not that it's pushed back. It's just that, you know, obviously the pressing plant closed down the day after we sent all the stuff to them so we're on hold to get any kind of hard copies and we're sitting in here all the stuff has been submitted i believe the single is up on itunes but um the rest of the album should be up and for some reason it's not we're expecting it will be finalized within the next 10 days okay but at that point, you know, every track should be available, and 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 you know, to all your listeners, please, uh, please definitely go out and, and get it because this is an album full of songs. It's it's not just one track and a bunch of filler. And when we made the record, that was one of the specific intents was to make a record that people wanted to listen to from top to bottom, not just you know pick their favorite song and ignore the rest.
2: Well, how would you describe the varying sound of these songs, uh, maybe to somebody who, who hasn't heard it yet?
0: Okay, I, I, I've come up with a phrase. I know it's new classic rock. They're songs I would expect to hear on any classic rock station, except you got to remember classic rock stations only play you the best of what came from the 70s. They only play, or, or not the best, but the most popular. Yeah. So you know, you, you you know, obviously you're not going to have the the um, comfort factor of having known the song for 30 years, but these songs stand up next to anything that goes on classic uh, rock stations. So I call it new classic rock. If you like the stuff you hear on classic rock stations, you're going to love this album. It's going to put a huge smile on your face
1: as far as that goes when you're writing, like how do you go about writing a song that sounds classic rock, but doesn't sound dated like you guys have managed to do with these songs? Well,
0: that's a great question. You absolutely don't. You you can't decide I'm going to write something. And I, you know, to me it comes out. It, it, this is not music I decided to do because I think this is what we should be doing. It's, what i live it's what i breathe it's it's how i play um if anything i decided not to decide on what to do and just let my natural instincts go and and record what what i wanted to record because truthfully there's no format that we have to fight to fit inside Right. So this is this is pretty much music the way I like to hear it, and you know, hopefully, uh, the listeners will agree.
2: Yeah. Well, well, with all your all your connections throughout the years, uh, when you put the Mitch Perry group together, uh, how did that process go? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, finding all, all those people to play with.
0: Well, you know, as you know from looking at the list of players, we have quite a. Uh, quite a lineup of extens- of great names. And uh, that's not the only reason I picked them. Nobody is on the album because of who they played with or who they are. They're on the album because of how they play and, and how they sound. Uh, I picked players who I knew would naturally strengthen the feel I was going for. Um, to that end I couldn't do any better than Tal Bergman on drums. He's from Billy Idol and Joe Bonamassa. He's got the the best pocket of ever any drummer I've ever played with and, and I'm thankful I have him on the album. You know, and so that the same thing can be said for Dan McNay, who played bass. He's from uh, Jack Russell's Great White and Montrose, and we played together for the last twelve years on and off. Um so I, I pick those guys only because of how they sound and when you listen to the records. Again, I, I'm sure you'll see why.
1: Well, talk about the idea behind having uh, more than one vocalist. Like okay, you have three
0: on them. Yeah, well, one of the reasons is because I work with two two of the singers, uh, Keith England and Kara um, Turner. I work with them every Sunday uh, when I play out here in Hermosa Beach. Um I had different styles on the different songs, and I was kind of thinking about using multiple singers for that. And then I also thought, well, since I'm calling the band the Mitch Perry Project, because it's all these songs I wrote, and, and I've kind of put everything together and,
2: and whatnot, since I'm calling,
0: that, calling it that, and I'm not really the front person it almost made sense to me to have a couple of different front people and, and just make everyone we're all part of the mitch perry group and and what it's really about is the uh music that we're doing and to that end we have three incredible singers to bring it to you uh now and, um that's keith who played with montrose he'd also played with the Alder brothers uh shelley who's you know toured on her own in europe for the last few years and you know, it was a uh, a uh, session singer at Muscle Shoals Studios, and Kara, like I said, is an amazing vocalist too. Uh, I work with locally here, and she just uh, is such a great singer. We had to have her on the record, so we did.
2: Once all all this uh, chaos is over and you can tour again, are, are there definitely plans to take this on the road?
0: But that that was the whole point of this band in the first place, even gotcha. though i love the record and the songs what this band is is a live jam band i mean we can take these we can take a three-minute song and turn it into a 40-minute odyssey and we do it different every time and that's that's what we do on our sunday gigs now I wanted to take that band and put it right out there on on the Bonaroos and the Mountain Jams and, you know, let us go with Government Mule or the Allman Brothers or any, well, not the Allman Brothers now, but (laughs) you you get the point, we do that jam stuff, wanted to do it. I want. That's why I wrote the songs that I did for this record. I I put all sorts of what I call rabbit holes in them where we can escape into those jams. So even though you'll have the songs through listening and something to grab hold of when you want to think Thank of the band, really what we're going to do when we play live, it's going to be a whole another, uh, a whole another trip when we play live. It's and. It'll ju- it'll include everything you like about those songs, but a whole lot more. And this is a band that can do it. Um, they that's how we play, and and uh, we do it naturally. And it's, I'm just lucky to have the people around me that I do.
1: When you are able to tour, would it be a thing with all three vocalists going on tour as well, or do you, would you have like Keith handle everything, even the female vocals, are out? How's that playing? No,
0: I mean ultimately, if it's, it's, if we can do it to the fullest extent, we'll have everything out there. Now, obviously, we have no idea how the uh, how the touring environment's going to be when this is all starting to open up again. So we may have to do refined versions of shows. I don't know. I mean, obviously, until until we booked anything, it's all conjecture at this point. Right.
1: You mentioned writing. Did you did you handle the lyrics, or did you have the vocalist handle the lyrics?
0: No, no, I wrote everything. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, when, when, when I write a song, it's not a matter of, uh, gee, I have this guitar riff. Um, can you uh, can you turn it into a song? I, the song kind of comes to me. I hear, well, it's not the actual words. I hear the vowels. I hear. Uh, uh, you know, I can hear a Bon Scott or a Don Henley or a Rod Stewart or whoever it is, you know, screaming something over what I'm playing. And I sit down, refine that, and then I show it to the singers, and we figure out who is uh, right for it, and, and we go from there.
1: Having played with a huge wide range of artists throughout your career, like how do you how have you adapted your style to fit like each artist?
0: Well. You, I'm not really adapting a style to fit any artist. Uh, are you talking on the record as yeah. far as
1: for each singer? Sorry, yeah. I, I meant like... Yeah. I'm sorry, I just Go meant ahead. like throughout your career, like say when you play with Cher, did you have to do something different than when you're playing with a oh. hard rock band or that kind of thing?
0: Absolutely, you know, you you have to do that for every song you play in your career. You have to look at it and and see what it calls for. Now that's the way I do it. Someone like Ingve might not do it that way. He'll look at the song and he'll play, and it'll be Ingve playing on the song. um Yeah, that's great too if you want to hear an Yngwie. um But for me, I, I I think it's more about kind of you know you listen to the solo on Believe. There's nothing. Uh, real guitar virtuos there's no guitar virtuosity on it but i'll tell you what that's an absolutely hard solo to play because it's it's so naked and there's so little going on you have to play every little nuance of that thing just perfectly
2: yeah i mean sometimes it's the where you don't play or or even if it's something that's not fast that's, that's the hardest to pull off
0: well, yeah, because it's a lot more exposed. There's a lot, if you have less notes, the amount of time in a second is still the same. So the less <laughs> notes just create lots more space to expose what you're actually doing. So if it's not right in between the eyes, you know, people have time to see or hear that. If you're playing 300 notes in that space, no one ever has a clue what's going on. <laughs>
1: Well, you mentioned Ingve. like, say, for instance, when you stepped into Steeler, did they ask you to try to play in that style, or did they give you reign to do what you felt?
0: Oh, yeah, well, I mean, of course, that's what they wanted, um, and, of course, at the time, I didn't come close, nor have I ever come close to sounding like Ingve. Um yeah, know, so right. I did what I could that would make, you yeah. know, the songs go over without people throwing stuff at us. And, and to that end, I guess we, we pulled it off all right because no, nothing ever came up on stage and never really heard people screaming his name, you know. Uh, but I certainly can't play like Yngwie. That's not my style. And I, I never really wanted to sound like that. Now, don't get me wrong. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's just not what I want in my style. Right. Yeah. Having said that, I, I've sat. I was fortunate enough to spend a night sitting down with uh, Michael Shanker and Ingvey, and three guitars in our hands. And I, I can tell you without
1: hesitation,
0: Ingvey is one of the greatest guitar players who ever walked this earth. Yeah, and I don't know if I uh, like the, the style of music so much, but as far as playing, he's brilliant.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Of all the, you know, projects or artists that you've played with in your career, was there anyone that was particularly challenging to step into, or did everything just kind of well, work yeah, itself?
0: When, when I toured with, with John Payne's Asia, um, I mean, not one of those songs felt natural to me. I had to really work to, uh, to make them sound comfortable.
1: As a yeah. lifelong... Les Paul player, like what separates a Les Paul for you from every other guitar out there?
0: Uh, the sound, the feel, and it's not a Les Paul; it's my Les Paul. <laughs> I mean, uh, you could you could replace my Les Paul with a thousand other Les Pauls, and it doesn't matter. I mean, it's it's funny because I've had four different people come to me through the last four or five years with exact replicas of my guitar i mean they look like they were built the same week um and none of them come close to being as good as the one that i own and i i bought this one that i use all the time i bought it off the shelf in march of 1978 that was brand new yeah just good luck there Well, it, it, it's all in the fingers. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> I mean, one of the biggest lessons I've ever gotten in my career from being from being fortunate enough to play with all these great players. I was playing with Michael Shanker, and and I really, up until that time, I'd always gone, "Man, I love." I'm still searching for the sound I want. I gotta find that magic amp. I gotta find that magic guitar. And then one day I played Michael's guitar through his rig and realized his rig wasn't why it sounded the way it does.
1: His hands
0: and his playing is the reason it sounds that way. And at that point, I stopped looking for the uh, holy grail of the the magic amp and just tried to make every note I hit with the guitar sound right. And, uh, you know... Obviously, you have to have the, the, the knobs somewhere in the right direction, but once they're in that ballpark, I mean, everything is down to your fingers. And, and it comes from inside you.
2: You know, Eddie Van
0: Halen's going to sound like Eddie Van Halen, whether he's playing on stage or pra- on a practice amp in your room. That's
1: right. Yeah, I- yeah, I'd heard an interview with Steve Thompson, who produced Appetite for Destruction, where he said that he's had several bands ask him to sound like Slash Dead on Appetite. He said, it doesn't matter if everything's exactly the same, you're not going to sound like that. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's what you, you know, you, you got to imagine how you want to sound in your head and, and then not stop until you start to capture that.
1: Cool, man. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us.
0: Well, my pleasure, man. You know, um, I appreciate the support. Please, uh, Please let everyone know where they can hear this record. Uh, you know, you can go to iTunes and get it. Uh, at least a single now. Within the next ten days, the rest of it will be out. Um, it's also, if you want to go see it right away, you can go to YouTube. Uh, look for Mitch Perry Group on YouTube. Um, you know, put in "Believe" and don't forget to subscribe to our channel while you're there. And. Uh, yeah, get on iTunes when it's out, and please order it. You won't be disappointed. Absolutely.
1: Well, we'll get this up here in the
2: next so week what, or so. what,
0: I, I, I got to ask you, which was your favorite song off the album?
1: Wasted Time.
0: Oh wow! Awesome, that, man. That is a, i a. I'm glad. I, I was curious how some of the rock people would re- respond to that track because <laughs> I, I go if I was gonna if I was gonna try and. Figure out what that track is, I go, It sounds like the Eagles met Pink Floyd.
1: Wow, that's a good way to put it. I didn't think about that. I just had this real soulful bluesiness to it that I loved. Uh, well, man, th- thank you
0: for saying you put a smile on my face. Pick
1: uh, picking <laughs> there you that go. one. There you go, Mitch Perry. A huge thank you to Jody Best of Best Bet Promotions for her continued support of this podcast. Definitely. Definitely. Couldn't do it
2: without her. Yeah,
1: and of course, a massive thank you to Mitch Perry for taking some time out to talk to us there. That was very cool. Like you said, we talked about a lot of different topics, so it was cool to to talk to him, a legendary guitarist who, as you know from that interview, now has the Mitch Perry Group, which is a great and amazing collection of musicians. So can't wait till things pick back up in the future. Hopefully that... When they do some touring, they get within our area so we could check this out. Right. Some great bluesy slash just like he said, just classic rock for modern
2: times. Yeah. Which I, which I I love that idea. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. We could see into the episode, but I mean, I could go on about that right there. Just
1: well, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a good thing to do if you do it and it sounds modern. It doesn't even have to sound modern at times because you've got a whole fan base of people that, don't even listen to newer stuff, right?
2: Well, the other day or with the last week? We and it doesn't matter. You and I were talking about it out in your patio about you know if I think we I think we were talking about like the later Kiss records, like Monster, Sonic Boom.
1: Oh right, you know if
2: if a band if a band's gonna do it that that, that is at that level and been around that long, you know, and you know if they're doing it this well or that well or whatever. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's just, uh, I, I don't know. I don't even know where I was going with that, but <laughs> the, 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 the classic rock for today thing, I, I, I like that idea.
1: Yeah. So be on the lookout for music box from the Mitch Perry group. All right. If this is your first time listening, we definitely appreciate it. We've had on tons of people now. This has been, you've got 260 previous episodes you could dig through. And just look at the list, but speaking, you just mentioned Kiss. We've had on Gene Simmons. We've yes. had on Bruce Kulik, Bruce Kulik, who has also been in Grand Funk Railroad now for 20 years. Right, right. Would like, you, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, speaking of classic rock, current members of Thin Lizzy, Ricky Warwick, and yes. Damon Johnson, and of course, Damon Johnson of Brother Kane, and now his solo work has been on here again as well.
2: Yes. Um, And, and you know, we we just had... Uh, you know, if you're a KISS fan, we just had on Florida Frank of Hatebreed. Yeah. And, and you know, he's a mega KISS fan, and we got into all that, you know. Yeah. Uh, but we've also had on, you know, uh, guys like uh, Kenny Hickey from Type O Negative, Alan Robert from Life of Agony, uh, Trevor Church uh, from Haunt. Um, we had Brian Tichy on to talk about Rush and Neil Peart not too long ago. That was very cool. So, you know. There's a lot of different ways it goes. Yeah.
1: Speaking of Brian's old bandmate, Pride and Glory, James Lomenzo, who plays with John Fogarty these days. Right. And who's also in Black Level Society and Megadeth was on here. Dave Elfson from Megadeth. Chris Broderick, formerly of Megadeth. Speaking of classic rock, guys from Tesla, Warrant, Def Leppard, Guns N' Roses. All that great stuff. So just dig through there. You'll find something. I guarantee you, if this is your first time listening, if you look through our list, there'll be some artists that you like. Yes. <laughs> so check that out, of episode out. It's all at soundcloud.com backslash thunder-underground. You can also listen on Apple Music, Google Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Mixcloud. Just go to Google, type it in. It comes up. I know I've tried, so it works. <laughs> <laughs> you'll usually, if you just type Thunder Underground, you'll get Ozzy first and then us. But if you type in underground podcast we're right there right there yeah but yeah speaking of the internet get on all those social medias and follow us if you're not facebook twitter instagram if you click like you don't even have to share sometimes you just click like or throw in a comment or review or something that helps us out big time you can also get on youtube and subscribe to us we've got a lot of stuff on there that's not on the podcast as well we'll have a couple more uh Album reviews, I think, coming in the next couple of weeks on YouTube, so be on the lookout for that. And earlier on, before the Mitch Perry interview, I mentioned Shadows Fall randomly, and that's because they're on our mind.
2: Why is that? Because uh, coming up, uh, we've got Brian Fair, vocalist for Shadows Fall. Uh, we just wrapped up an interview with him a little bit ago, and uh, you look for that in the next week or two. Absolutely. And then we've also got
1: Thomas McRocklin coming up. Yes, just like Mitch Perry, an otherworldly guitarist. Of course. And then we've got Dakota Sean, the vocalist for Another Day Dawns, coming up. And then we've got, is that everything? And then, of course, coming later this week, we've got Space Brain from Torpedo Head. Right. And then we've got a couple more scheduled this week that we'll let you know is, once they happen. Of course. But all right, once again... Huge thank you to Medfarm, Deb Concerts, Best Bet Promotions, and of course, Mitch Perry. And until next time, Thunder Underground, y'all.